learning about the past can be tricky. I mean, if you think about it, how do we even know what's happened in the past actually happened? None of us were around during the War of 1812 or when the Ming Dynasty was established. So how do we know these events actually took place? Well, there are two main reasons. First is because the people who were alive during those historical events wrote them down, and those writings survive to this day in some form or another. The other reason is due to the incredible work done by archaeologists, the people who basically have a degree in grave robbing. Well, I mean, it's not really grave robbing, as they usually give the artifacts to a museum or preserve them to study or, you know, attract tourists or... That's kind of a weird thing to think about. Imagine if, like, in 3,000 years, some strangers are paying money to see the ruins of what's left of your house... And then all your personal belongings are in glass boxes. And and you just know one of the archaeologists who dug up that site is going to find all the nice silverware you can't find. Or he set up a nice funeral for your grandma just for some jerk to dig up her grave 2,000 years later. And now every day children just come and stare at her corpse through a window. It's kind of messed up if you think about it. Note to self. Remember to booby trap my coffin. Oh, uh, what do you guys think? Should I rig my casket with explosives or go with the classic snake trap? Uh, actually, never mind. I'll just do both. But in all seriousness, archaeologists play a vital role in uncovering history. They allow us to see how people lived and gain insight into things that they wouldn't have written down. And, most importantly, we can learn about civilizations who did not write down their history or where the records of their society have been lost to time. But archaeology is a profession, and... Like any profession, not everyone is good at it. I mean, look at Indiana Jones. He could have studied the death traps and learned about the architecture of that civilization. And what does he do? He grabs the only thing made of gold and lets a boulder destroy the archaeological site with no regard. How irresponsible. Now we'll never know how that boulder got onto the ceiling. But, believe it or not, there have actually been people that are worse at handling historical sites and artifacts. And today, we're going to look at them. Hi, I'm Nicholas Fowler, and welcome to Historical Hijinks. Now, the reason we need archaeologists is because we can't just take all written accounts as historical fact. Take King Arthur, for example. We have plenty of written records from the Middle Ages saying that he was totally a real person, but we have found nothing to back that up archaeology-wise. Now, there may have been a historical figure that King Arthur is based off of, but the point is that the further you go back in time, the more blurred the line between history and legend becomes. This has become the cause of many debates about what actually happened in history, and the consensus eventually became the equivalent of picks or it didn't happen. Basically, if you can't find evidence of a historical event, it probably didn't occur. So in the 19th century, as modern archaeology was in its infancy, people set out to find proof of historical events. Now most people went about excavating sites we already knew had some historical significance to them in order to, I, I don't know, gain a better understanding of history or something. Those guys are nerds! Digging in the dirt for knowledge. 
real archaeologists dig for treasure. That was a joke. The archaeological community is a massive contributor to historical learning. Real archaeologists like Heinrich Schliemann. See, Schliemann had ambition and drive and money. Well, mostly money. And a love for ancient Greek history. More Greek history? Didn't you talk about that last week? Shh! I'm bad at planning. And besides, we aren't talking about ancient Greek history. We're talking about a man destroying ancient Greek history. Big difference. Because, you see, Schliemann was obsessed with the Trojan War. And more than anything, he wanted to find the ancient city. Now, most archaeologists at the time dismissed the Trojan War as pure myth. What with the gods fighting, and the immortal Achilles getting an arrow to the heel, and the Trojans having a door big enough to fit a giant wooden horse, it just didn't seem realistic. But some scholars thought that there was some truth to the story. Perhaps there was a great war between Troy and the Greeks, and the ruins of the city were perhaps somewhere in Anatolia. Although if the city was real, it had a war with Greece, it probably didn't have gods magic weapons, obviously. Remember earlier when I said it can be hard to differentiate myth from historical events in ancient times? Well, this is what I mean. So, we have information about a war that may have never happened at a city that may not have existed, as recorded by the poet Homer, who also might have not been real. Well, color me convinced, I think Troy is real. And so did Schliemann. Now we will shift the story to someone else for a minute, to a man named Frank Calvert. He was an archaeologist looking for Troy, like Schliemann. But unlike Schliemann, he was actually competent. And also unlike Schliemann, he wasn't rich. Using Homer's description of Troy in the Iliad, Calvert found what he thought was the site of the ancient city, a 32-meter tall hill called Hisarlac in the Anatolia region of the Ottoman Empire. He bought up the land around the hill and began to excavate, but he soon realized that he lacked the funds to dig up the site. Now, if you needed someone to fund your expedition of uncovering a semi-mythical ancient city, who would you pick? Well, you probably wouldn't want to pick Heinrich Schliemann, a man who bought land in Indiana in order to claim residency and divorce his wife, a man who named his children Agamemnon and Andromache, after characters from the Iliad, and a man who people today use as a textbook example of how not to do archaeology. But Frank Calvert had no other options. So, in 1868, he let Schliemann fund and help with the excavation. Things went well at first. As they started to dig, they found the ruins of an ancient city. But it wasn't Troy. But after digging further, they found the ruins of another, even older city. It turns out that the hill was kind of like a, like a nine-layered cake. Each layer was a different city from a different point in time, because whenever one of the cities were destroyed in a war or a natural disaster, they just built a new city on top of the old destroyed city, hence the nine layers. Now, Schliemann didn't care for these other layers, he just wanted to find Troy, and he figured that because Troy is such an old city, it has to be at the bottom. Instead of carefully excavating and preserving the site, he had his men dig straight down, giving no care of preserving the layers they were destroying to get to the bottom. But even this was too slow for Schliemann, who came up with a great idea to get to Troy faster. Dynamite! 
no, 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 you heard me right. Schliemann would excavate this several thousand year old and historically significant site with TNT like it's Minecraft. Even Indiana Jones has the decency to go through the temple and death traps instead of blowing up the wall that leads to the treasure room. Now, Schliemann blew up not one, not two, but five layers. After blowing up half the hill, Schliemann thought that he had finally found Troy, and now he carefully and meticulously excavated the area, and uh, he dug up what he called Priam's treasure, claiming that the artifact belonged to the last Trojan king. Schliemann then smuggled the treasures out of the Ottoman Empire, who then sued him, and Schliemann had to give up some artifacts and a bunch of money. But Schliemann didn't care. He had found the lost city of Troy, completing his life's work. But not everyone believed that he had actually found Troy, so he took the artifacts we evaluated, and then... Hey Schliemann, yeah? So, we looked at these artifacts, and they seem to date 1,000 years before the Trojan War supposedly took place. What? But some of the other artifacts from the upper layers might actually be from Troy. We think that the seventh layer of the hill might have been Troy. So you can easily go back up and research the carefully preserved ruins of Troy. I mean, it's not like you blew it up, right? Well... So yeah, in his fervor to find Troy, he accidentally blew it up. A and we don't know if he actually found Troy or some city that he thought was Troy, because we can't go there and figure it out. Because he blew it up! Moral of the story, don't use dynamite to excavate historical ruins. Now I know what you're thinking. What could possibly be worse than a rich man destroying archaeological sites of great importance? A whole bunch of rich men doing it! Because now we're going to talk about Egypt. But first, for some quick context, France hated Britain, and Britain hated France, so they had a war. There, I just described a third of European history. You're welcome. But in this particular war, France wanted to weaken the British by cutting them off from their trade routes to India. So, in 1798, France sent General Napoleon Bonaparte to invade Egypt and take control of the Indian trade routes. But... While he was there, Napoleon accidentally found the Rosetta Stone, which was basically like the world's first ancient Greek to ancient Egyptian dictionary. This was a major discovery, as we could now use it to translate Egyptian hieroglyphics and read them. Napoleon was really excited about this discovery, so excited in fact that he left his troops in Egypt to die of plague. When he returned home, he came back with not only the Rosetta Stone, but a couple of other artifacts from Egypt as well and he even gave his wife Josephine a souvenir. Aww. Now you're probably wondering what he gave her. An ancient necklace worn by Egyptian nobility? Some sacred texts about love? A beautiful mosaic of the Egyptian gods? Well, listener, here's a tip for you. If you ever found that you forgot the birthday or anniversary of that special someone and didn't get them a present, just take a page of Napoleon's book and get them a severed mummy head. Nothing is more romantic than that. Boy, between abandoning his troops in Egypt to die and giving his wife a human skull, this Napoleon guy doesn't sound too responsible. Hopefully he never has to run a country. Anyway, when the European nobility saw the Egyptian treasures that Napoleon brought back, they decided that they wanted to go grab some for themselves. They raided tombs and took treasures, statues, and even mummies. Yes, mummies. The preserved dead people wrapped in bandages. Now, why would anyone want to steal that, you wonder? 
Well, some people at the time used ground-up people for medicine. But it was difficult to get. I mean, it's not like you can get a corpse from your local pharmacy now, can you? Not that I tried. But what's this? Some irresponsible person just left some mummies lying around in tombs. Why, that's practically littering. How horrible. Clearly, we, the European nobility, must take these perfectly good mummies and put them to good use by selling them to doctors who will grind them up and sell them to treat your ailments. Ah, yes, that is the ethical thing to do. But the stolen mummies were used for other things, too. Like party games! That's right. You know the classics like pin the tail on the donkey, bobbing for apples, and unwrap the several thousand year old dead guy. It's like an unboxing video, but it scars your kids. No joke, this is what the nobles did for fun with the mummies. And because of all this, countless tombs and historical artifacts have been lost or destroyed. So yeah, fun stuff. So after all of this, I hope you have a newfound appreciation for the hard work archaeologists do, or at least appreciate the fact that they haven't blown up Machu Picchu yet. So, if you're ever traveling and you come across some ancient treasures or lost structures that hold bountiful archaeological information within its walls, destroy the place, find the treasure, and take a skeleton head from there to ask someone out with. Anyway, that's all I have for uh, this week. If you enjoyed the show and uh, have any suggestions for history topics I should cover, or if you just want to say hi, you can go to Twitter with at uh, histhijinks, that's at H-I-S-T hijinks, or email me through historicalhijinkspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Nicholas Fowler, and this has been one for the history books. Thank you.